Amen. And thankful for the love of God in particular, for sure. Amen. Uh, would you open your precious Bible this morning to, we're going to go to the Old Testament, Judges chapter 6. Judges chapter 6. Judges chapter 6. I'll give you a few minutes to find it. And of course, the first five books of the Bible is the Pentateuch. And uh, of course, we know Judges is a historical book and uh, teaches of history of uh, God's people, the Jewish people. And a very interesting read uh, when you read through the book of Judges. God set up Judges uh, for a periodic of time or for a period of time. And of course, we're looking at one that is one of the most popular ones, Gideon. Gideon. But before we do that, I want to just say, be back tonight. And uh, Mr. Josh is going to be preaching. And uh, we're excited about that, a young man. And of course, um, he's got some good... He's got a good target here to preach to. Amen? Amen? Especially sitting right over beside him right now is a good target. And, uh, and so anyway, excited about all of that. How many of y'all are encouraged? I don't know about y'all, but I'm encouraged. I'm like Brother Don. It's good to see young men preaching. Isn't that an encouragement? And we know that God doesn't call everybody to preach. We understand that. But uh, it is a joyful thing when someone is, but... I'll say this, it's a joyful thing to be a Christian. Uh, no matter what you do with your, as far as occupation, some people have the idea that, uh, you know, that their job is what they do for their life. No, that's how you take care of your family. That's not what you do with your life. I would hate to think that um, all we did with our life was work a job, uh, especially if you're a Christian. Uh, there's so many wonderful eternal things that we can be involved in and so I appreciate you being here today. Uh, we want to look, we've been doing a just a study the last few Sunday mornings on just words. Um, important words of the Bible or special words in the Bible. So the very last two Sunday mornings, the first Sunday morning I preached on God's favorite word and that was simply come. Uh, we think about the word come. Aren't you glad that God says come unto him? Uh, all that are uh, labor, all that are struggling, all that are heavy laden. He said you can come unto me. And so we dealt with come. And then last week, and uh, maybe some of y'all can refresh my memory because I knew what the word was last week. But I've got this word on my mind. So somebody, yes, it is the most, it can be a sweet and bitter word. And I preached on memory. Memory. Now today I want to look in Judges chapter 6 and we'll look at some other passages, but I want to deal with, I believe this morning, the most mysterious word, the most mysterious word that we find. And we'll find this in Judges chapter 6. Let's begin reading with verse number 1, uh, just to kind of get the, the, get the setting here. The Bible says, and the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered them into the hand of Midian seven years. And the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel, and because of the Midianites, the children of Israel made them the dens which are in the mountains and caves and strongholds. And so it was when Israel had sown that the Midianites came up, and the Amalekites and the children of the east, even they came up against them. And they encamped against them and destroyed the increase of the earth till thou come into Gaza and left no substance for Israel." 
neither sheep nor ox nor ass. For they came up with their cattle and their tents, and they came as grasshoppers for multitude, for both they and their camels were without number, and they entered into the land to destroy it. And Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites, and the children of Israel cried unto the Lord. And it came to pass when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord because of the Midianites, that the Lord sent a prophet unto the children of Israel, which said unto them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up from Egypt and brought you forth out of the house of bondage. And I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of all that oppressed you and drave them out from before you and gave you their land. And I said unto you, I am the Lord your God. Fear not the gods, little gods, of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but ye have not obeyed my voice. And there came an angel of the Lord and sat under an oak which was in Orphrah that pertained to Joash the Abirazite and his son Gideon threshed wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him. Now I want you to think of this. Here's what this, this angel of the Lord said unto this Gideon. The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. And Gideon said unto him, O my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befallen us? And where be all the miracles which our fathers told us of, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord hath forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites." Heavenly Father, I ask that you'll do what only you can do. Speak to our hearts. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now here's what's amazing. Let me get you caught up. We know that all through the book of Judges, the Lord gave them this promised land. And he told them that if they would serve him and they would obey him, they would love him. He said he would bless them. But here's what happened in the book of Judges. They would love and serve the Lord. Then they would get away from the Lord. The Lord would send something into their life to bring them to a place of sorrow. They would repent. They would get sorrowful. They would go turn their heart back to the Lord. So the Lord would give them a judge. He would give them someone that would deliver them from the oppression that they was under. And then they would love the Lord again. They would serve the Lord again. And they were happy in the Lord again. But then that vicious cycle happened all through the book of Judges. Now, quickly this morning, there's a vicious cycle in our life many times. Uh, we, we, we fall in love with the Lord. We, we, we want to serve the Lord, but then we, things get into our life. He kind of becomes stagnant to us. We don't love Him like we should, so what do we do? We kind of get away from the Lord. And I've learned this. The Lord usually brings something into our life to make us think, to get us to a place where we look, why are we here? And so a lot of times we'll turn back to the Lord. And by the way, He always receives us. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? Does that sound like a little bit of a maybe of a cycle in your life? So this is a cycle in the whole book of Judges. So we're finding here in this passage, the Midianites have come in and they've pretty much taken over. And they were, the Bible very clearly says that they're taking all the food. They've taken all of their livestock. And Israel is impoverished. These people have come in. If you were in Holland back in the 40s when the German people came and invaded Holland, they overtook all of these cities. And Holland was under Nazi rule for several years. 
This would be the same idea where someone come into your country, into your land, into your home, and overtook everything, and you became a slave to them. That's what took place here in what we're reading. So we realize that they're in a bad place. They're in a real bad place. So what happens is they start to cry to the Lord. They're going, Lord, we need your help. These people are taking everything we have. We're having to even hide in caves and holes in the mountain to get away from these oppressive people. Even Gideon is threshing wheat. He's hiding it because he knows that if the Midianites know that he have it, they'll take all the food that he's trying to keep for his family. So would y'all agree he's in a bad way? Something very clear here that we need not read too fast. The Bible said that Gideon was threshing this wheat and hiding it. Now, I want you to stay with that because the angel looks at this man and he's hiding from the people. And I want you to just imagine, here you are, you're Gideon, you're threshing this wheat to be able to have some food for your family and you're hiding it. And an angel shows up and looks at you And you've never carried a sword. You've never picked up a spear. Maybe in this day you've never had a gun. You've never had any way, shape, or form that you were of anyone of any valor or of any courage. And an angel shows up to you and says, Oh, I want you to know you're a mighty man of valor. Well, he'd have the same idea as you did. I'm not saying this in a bad way. I might as well go ahead and just stay on Kaylee a little bit bit this morning since she's here. But that would be like me knowing how Kaylee, and by the way, she, she can be mean and she can be tough. She can be strong. But that would be like me walking up to Kaylee and saying, oh, you great woman of valor. Uh, To my knowledge, Kaylee's never went in and picked up any of my guns. I've never seen her shuck a shotgun. I've never seen her load one of my rifles. So she would be just as shocked as Gideon was if an angel showed up to her and said, Oh, you mighty woman of valor. That's how shocked he was when this angel came. And I could just imagine if I was Gideon, here he is hiding. And this angel shows up and says, Oh, you mighty man of valor. I could just imagine Gideon going... Who, me? I'm going to age myself here just a little bit. Uh, maybe it was kind of like different strokes. What you talking about, Willis? How many of y'all know what I'm talking about there? If you don't know that, you're way too young. What you talking about, Willis? I mean, that would have been the kind of a, an, a, of a, of a response that Gideon would have to this angel. He said, man, I'm here hiding now. I'm hiding the food. I've never picked up a sword. I've never led a battle. I've never led an army. But you're coming to me today and telling me I am a mighty man of valor? But Here's the other thing that I pick up in this verse. Verse 13, one thing Gideon did know. And Gideon said unto him, O my Lord, if the Lord be with us, here it is, why? Why? You want to know what the most mysterious word is? That's it. Why? What is this word? What what is the word that if we knew its answers, we would know as much as God? What is the word that has been cried over a death of a precious baby? What is the word spoken when a precious little couple walks to a grave side and their little baby that never had an opportunity 
to live more than a couple of hours would come from their lips. Why? What is the word that the psalmist wrote when he thought that the Lord had forgotten him? What is the word that's been cried when a loved one is given the awful diagnosis and it's malignant? What is the word that's through our minds and through our hearts when for a period of time someone is brought into our life or maybe someone that we truly love or maybe someone that we may not be able to spend as much time with as we've wanted to, the word is why. When I think about what is the word when it looks like evil is winning. I mean, everyone's asking today, why is this happening? Why is this going on? Why can't people see this? Why do people do this? Why? I mean, why? That's the most mysterious word. What is the word for the answer? To be honest with you, in most cases in our life, in most cases in our life, to truly understand the whys of life, to truly understand them, will have to be in heaven to truly understand them. Yes. Why is the most mysterious? That word is why. Why is one of the first words spoken by a young child. One of the last words that we speak after life's experiences are over. If in no way do I intend this morning to be able to answer all the whys for you, because I'm going to be honest with you, I can't even answer all the whys for me. So I'm not here this morning to be able to answer all of your, your whys of life, but I can promise you this, I think we can look at this subject and I believe I can encourage you as I'm trying to be encouraged myself and be helped myself so we can all be helped to deal with this subject, the most mysterious word. Because I know as I'm standing here and you're sitting there this morning, I know that there are whys in everyone's life sitting here today. Why? Why did this have to happen? Why does this have to hurt? Why did this have to go this way? Why, 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 and why? We live in a, in a life of mystery. Now, there are times that we understand uh, in life that certain things happen in a period of time. We might understand that why, but to be truthful with you, you know as well as I do, until we really get to heaven, we will not completely, fully understand all of the whys of life. So let's look at some whys. Number one, let's just simply look at this Gideon's why, right here. He says it in verse 13. This is a very practical story. Let's put some meat on it. Let's put some flesh on it. Now here, I know we can't understand this, but in times of conflict, we know that people come in and overtake other people's lives. Just like when I think of Nazi Germany. They overtook France. They overtook Holland. They overtook Belgium. They overtook a lot of these areas and they absolutely came in, conquered these people and they were under their rule. This is exactly what's happening here. Now, we can't relate to that because we live in America. We've never been, been overtaken. We've never had come, someone come in to our land, to our city, to our state and dictate what and what we can do, how we can live. We've never had someone on a major force come in and take all of our food and all of our livestock, even all of our land. So we can't 
comprehend that, but you get the picture. It was a pretty dark day for Gideon. And here comes a stranger coming to him and said to him, the Lord is with you. Now that's what the angel said to Gideon. Now Gideon's looking around. He's hiding at the wine press, trying to get a little bit of food for his family. He knows if the Midianites find out about the food, he's saying, my soul, I'm looking around at everything around me. And the last thing he understood when this angel came to him and said, hey, Gideon, I want you to know the Lord is with you. And here's what Gideon said. Well, you, well I sure can't understand that. Well, it sure doesn't look like he's here right now. That's the why. Very practical. He's looking around at everything that looks wrong. He's looking around. Nothing looks fair. He's looking around. He doesn't like the circumstances of life. And he's asking the question, why, why, why? And an angel comes to him and says, the Lord is with you. Gideon acted and responded so much like we would. Well, if he's with us, why can't I see him? Well, if he's blessed us so good, why do we live in a mess? If he's blessed us so good, why is our country in a mess? Sure don't look like it to me. Sure doesn't look like you're with me right now, Lord, everything we're going through. I mean, he responded the same way we've responded. We say, well, Lord, if you're with me, it sure don't seem like I sure can't see it. See, the land was desolate. Livestock was being taken. These people were hiding in caves and holes in the mountains. Gideon was even hiding his food. <laughs> Here's what he thought. No, I'm going to tell you what he felt. He said, no, the Lord's forgotten about us. Where's the Lord? He certainly ain't here. And you're going to have the audacity to come and tell me that the Lord is going to bless me? And he has one word on his mind. Why? Well, if the Lord's with us, then why is this happening? Why has this happened? Why is all this evil? Why? Why? Because bad things happen to good people. <laughs> Ever thought about that? That's kept you up at night before, haven't you? He asks why. Why? Why has this befallen us? This is the same question. This is the same echo that's been heard now as we look over our day. I was talking to a pastor the other day. Very discouraged. Very discouraged. I mean, he was discouraged. And by the way, I'm going to be honest with y'all. I is one. This is a day, and since 2020, I have seen and known more discouraged pastors than I have in my life. And I want y'all. I want y'all just. I want y'all to know this. Pastors, and I'm not saying it's because of me. These men that I know are some of the toughest, strongest men I've ever met. Mentally emotionally, in their faith. But I know since 2020, a lot of preachers are just sitting around there looking. They're going, why, 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 why? Someone the other day, I was talking to them, they said, man, our Sunday school has dropped from, and he gave a certain amount down to a mountain, and I was even shocked. I was like, wow, I was shocked. And here's the question, why? 
If God be for us, then why is the church? Seems like in most of America, and I'm not trying to be a pessimist here, most of America, I, I watched someone, someone put up a statistic on Facebook the other day and said the average church in America has 38, is only filling 38% of its pews in its services. Why? I don't know about y'all, but I would think in a day like this, people would be running to God, not away from Him. People everywhere questioning the truth. The, the church's uh, uh, ministries are wavering. And, and I sometimes ask, why? 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 Lord, you tell us we're a blessed nation. And I believe we are. But sometimes we have those word, that word, the letters of that word slip out of our lips because it's in the abundance of our heart, we ask the question, why? Remarkable thing about this question here in this passage. Are y'all ready for this? You know what's remarkable? When Gideon said, why then is all this befallen us? You know what? The angel never answered it. He didn't answer it. That's remarkable, isn't it? Gideon asked a straight up question. Well, if you're telling me that he's blessed us and he's with me, then why am I over here beating on this wheat trying to make a little bit of food for my family and I have to hide it because you've allowed these people to come into my life, take everything we have. Lord, why? God never answered it. Think about that. Here's all he said. He did answer it, but he answered it with a statement. His response was this, go in this thy might. Go in this thy might. That's how the angel, look, look what he said. He says, the Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. And Gideon said unto him, of course, we read the word, why? But notice what he said. And the Lord looked upon him and said, go in this thy might. He didn't answer his questions, like he ignored him. He said, Lord, do you not understand my circumstances here? And of course the Lord understood his circumstances. Sometimes I think we're in circumstance. We think, oh, nobody's in this circumstance. No one's feeling like I'm feeling. Listen to me. The Lord knows. Certainly he knew. He knew, but here's what he said. He said, go this in thy might. In other words, his answer was an answer. It was a statement. He commanded him to be a person of action. Same command that he gives us today. Let us do what is right. Let us keep on. You know, look, we can sit around, and by the way, we spend a lot of time doing this. We can either be defeated by the why or go, get on with living. Come on now. We can sit there and we can talk about the why and we can stop living. And that's what most people that I know, that's what they're doing. Get on with living. Go on in thy might. By the way, that's not always easy. That's tough stuff. That's hard to do. That's sometimes when you don't even feel like picking your feet up in front of the other. You don't have all the answers. But he said, no, I want you to go on in Thy might. Action. Be faithful. 
Try to be a blessing. Try to do all you can. Try to reach people for the Lord. Try to be a blessing to others. Try to be fulfilled in your life. Don't sit around and let the wise of life not do what this angel commanded Gideon to do. He didn't say to sit, soak, and sour. He looked at Gideon and says, no, he didn't even give him the question. He didn't even give him the reason why. He just said, you go in thy might. We all face things we don't like. We all face things that we don't understand. We all face things. I don't understand. Even here in this church, people that have been touched with certain physical things, I don't understand. And I can't even imagine what mom and dad thinks. But I want you to know something. Even in those situations when we don't seem like we can make it, God always helps us to go in thy might. So we see Gideon's why. Can we just turn quickly to the book of Job? Can we look at Job's why for a few moments this morning? Job's why. Now we all know this is a very interesting story. The book of Job. We know that in chapter 1 we are told that Satan comes before the angels, before the Lord. And he wants to go. He's been going to and fro around the country. He's wanting to do something. And so he asks if he can do something to the man Job. And we know, to make a long story short, Job, the Lord allowed Satan. And by the way, Satan took everything the man had. He took all of his wealth, took all of his livestock, even took the most precious things that he had was his children. And so much at a time when all of these things were gone, when his wife, and by the way, we give his wife a rough time, but to be truthful, she had just been hit with all of this. She had just felt all of this loss as well. And she basically looked at Job and said, why don't you just curse God and die? He's taken everything from us anyway. And we've given her a rough time. But to be truthful, I think we would all feel that way. And those moments of deep uh, 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 depression and discouragement and loss, I mean, my soul, I- I've looked at that passage all these years like, I tell you right now, she wasn't a very good woman. No, I'm going to tell you all right now, she was human. And in her moment of weakness, she voiced something. She said, Joe, what are you doing? We've just buried all of our children. We don't have anything. We're, we are absolutely paupers here. And you're laying in an ash heap with boils from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet. She said, what have you done? What have I done? Why don't we just curse God and die? You know what she was saying? Why? That's what she was saying. She was struggling with the why. She didn't understand the why. And neither did Job. Notice here. Notice in chapter 3, verse number 10. Look what the Bible says in Job chapter 3, verse 10. Because it shall shut not up the doors of my mother's womb, nor hid sorrow from mine eyes. Now notice, this is him. Now this is where Job's at. After all of this calamity, after all this trauma, after all of this struggle, here's what he says. Why died I not from the womb? Now here it is. Y'all ready for that? Here's what he said. Why in the world was I even born? I'm going to tell y'all something right now. When someone starts questioning whether they were even alive or not, or should be born, I'm going to tell y'all right now. This man was depressed. This man was at the bottom of the bottom. This man was struggling like very few people know. I don't know about you here today, but I don't know if you've been through so much pain and so much sorrow that you've asked the question, why, Lord, did you even let me be born? It's a pretty significant why, isn't it? 
For him to say that, he must have been under such duress, such under such struggle and trouble and hurt and pain, and we know he was because he lost all of his children. He lost everything that he had. So he says, why died I not from the womb? Notice this. Why did I not give up the ghost when I came out of the belly? So now he says, Lord, I don't understand why you've let this happen in my life. Not only should have I not been born, but now I'm asking you, why didn't you let me die before I ever took a breath? Why? Why, Lord, did you let me come this far? Why did you let me come this long? Why didn't you just stop it? And here's what's amazing. His friends didn't answer him. They couldn't answer him. But here's another thing that's remarkable to me as I found in the same in Gideon's wife. Neither did God. God didn't answer his questions here. Why? Well, that's remarkable to me because I find a common denominator there. He didn't ask, he didn't give Gideon his why. He didn't give him the answer. He just gave him a word of action and said, No, you go in your might without the answer. And then he tells him here. He didn't give him the answer here either. Think of this. Job was laying there in an ash sheet with boils on his body from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet. The Bible said the only pleasure that he got was he was scraping those sores with a piece of pottery, a potsherd. And here's what he was asking. Lord, why am I hurting? Why am I suffering? Why, 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 why? His mind was full of whys. You know why? It was a mystery to him. He didn't understand. And by the way, I will submit to you this morning, there's a lot of things I don't understand. You know, I know a lot of people come to me and they say, Pastor, and and by the way, there are some things that I believe the Lord can help all of us with. We know that God's word can give us the whys of life, but not all whys of life can be answered. And I want you to know there have been many times someone has come in my office and they've tried to get me to answer the question why and I cannot give it. His friends could not answer. God did not answer. Yet Job was not left desolate. (laughs) And neither are we. What did God give him? I'm going to tell you what he gave him. He gave him the same thing he gave us. Y'all ready? Faith. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him. How I proved him o'er and o'er. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust him more. You know where I've learned to trust him more of life? In the wise of life. Come on now. That's where I've learned to trust him. In the wise of life. God gives us faith. God gave Job faith. That's the answer. We can trust him. 
Here's what he said. Here's what Job said. Are y'all ready what he said? Here's what he said. (laughs) But he knoweth the way that I take. And when he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. Y'all know what gold goes through? Gold's beautiful, isn't it? Isn't gold beautiful? Very expensive. We're told that uh, gold is uh, something we ought to have if the if the stock if our if our currency. By the way, it very well could to be quite honest with you. Could America's currency be worthless? It's almost there now. So you know, you hear all these uh, you hear all these uh, commercials of you know you better get stocked up in gold. And we think about gold, it's beautiful, we might have it on our hand, if it's real, we might have it on a watch, whatever it is, but see, what we don't understand truly about gold is how does it become gold? <laughs> it's precious, it's beautiful, it's very expensive, but you would not want to go what, through what that gold has to go through to be gold. You know why? It's got to be under the heat. It's got to be under intense fire. It's got to be under intense pain. If gold was a human, they would say, I can't take this. The gold, if it could talk, would say, why, why, why is this so hot? Why is this so bad? Why is this so hard? But see what, the gold doesn't understand that the person that is burning the gold, they know what the finished product is, and God knows the finished product. And Job didn't understand at all. He didn't understand why he was sitting there in an ash heap. He didn't understand why all of his children had to die. He didn't understand why he had to lose all of his wealth. He didn't understand why he had to lose all of his children. He didn't understand all that. But even though all of those whys was in question, here's one thing he did know. Here's what he said. He says, but I knoweth the way that I take, and when he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. He still had faith, and he knew God. Y'all with me? And by the way, in all of your wives, if you know the Lord, you still know Him and you can still trust Him. And I, Sarah, I know, I know, we've not taken it off and that's fine. It's fine. I would have never thought one of my quotes would be so helpful to me, but not only that, so convicting. Little did we know, back months and months ago, uh, Sarah was taking care of the sign and she put up a quote. And I'll be honest with you, I didn't think a whole lot about it. It was one of my quotes and it said something like this. You got to trust God even when you don't feel like it. Well, you know what? At that particular moment, I had no trouble trusting him because I felt like it. But then what happens when things come into life and you ask the question why and it becomes a little harder to trust him because you don't understand everything that's going on and I related that to Sarah because you know you had just put that up just a few days before little Stone uh, took this blood this stroke in the back of his brain and their life has changed and so now as I look at that quote I not only think of my own life I think of theirs because that is going to be forever related to me because God knew what we needed before we knew what we needed We can trust him even when we don't feel like it. You know why? Because when it's all said and done, he'll be good. He'll be right. Amen? 
You might be questioning your wives right now. You might be questioning your wives right now, but I promise you this, you trust him, he'll work the wives out. And we might have to wait till we get to heaven, but I can promise you this, we can trust him. He has given us an answer and it is faith. We have to trust him. No matter where you are, Today, if you're here in this state, no matter if you're in another state, I'm thinking of a, another state of California. I'm thinking of the rains today. Their, uh, Brother Jim is in the hospital uh, fighting for life, and I'm sure they have a lot of question marks. But I want to just say, if you are listening this morning, you might have some wives, but I want you to know something. He is the answer. Still trust him. And I'm not trying to keep, but I even thought about Ashley. She, that kind of shocked me. She's all the way from Texas. She's only been here to Tennessee for a few days. And I thought, you know, even if you're in Texas, you know what? You've got to trust the Lord. No matter if you're in California, Texas, Florida, West Virginia, wherever you're at, even if you're from Sand Mountain. Amen. We have to trust him, don't we? Job's wife. Then can I just close with this? Do you know that the Lord Jesus Christ had a wife? He sure did. Would you turn with me to the gospel according to Matthew chapter number 27? And we're going to look at his wife. Now this is why the Lord Jesus Christ is hanging on a cross between heaven and hell. He's hanging on a cross at Golgotha, the place of the skull. Hundreds of people standing around watching him being crucified, watching him. They've watched him be beat. They've watched him be scourged. They watched him carry the bar cross of his cross to the place. They, they watched that he was so weak and had so lost of blood that a Simon had to go and help him to carry the bar up to the place of the skull. They watched him nail the nails in his hands. They watched him pluck the beard from his face. They, they, there was hundreds that watched. And while he was hanging on that cross, he had a wife. The Bible says in verse 46, at about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Wow, there's that word. That came from the lips of our Savior, the God-man. He was 100% God, yet 100% man, yet this word came from his mouth. Why? Because it was in his heart. Let me just say this. Jesus Christ was not mistaken, but he was literally forsaken. For the first time in eternity past, from eternity present to eternity future, God the Father turned his back on his own son. On purpose. He wasn't forgotten. He was on purpose forsaken. This was the ultimate price for sin. This was the cup that he asked his own father to let this cup pass from me. He understood what that cup meant. He understood that he was going as a man and as God. He was going to pay for the sin debt of the whole world. He understood the physical agony. He understood the physical pain. The Bible said that he knew that was what set before him. But the Bible said that he endured all of that. This is the whole amazing part of this whole story for me. 
And I want to just let y'all know something this morning. I am about as worthless as worthless can be. You say, oh no, pastor, you're lovable. No, I'm unlovable in many moments of my life. I look at myself and I look at him and I think about what he's done for me and then I look at my life, how I fail him, how I live, how inconsistent I am, how much of a weakling I am. I want you to know something. I am amazed that he did all of that for somebody like me. And I know this might shock you. But he did it for you too. Now I don't know what kind of assessment you have of yourself today. And I'm going to say this. I love looking out this crowd. And I, I see a bunch of beautiful people. Come on, y'all alive? I'm glad nobody's asleep. But y'all can say amen. That was a compliment that you got. At least say, well, thank you, Pastor. I see a lot of beautiful people out here today. Yeah, you're welcome. I don't see a mean person in the bunch. And the wives are looking over at their husbands. Come on now, I see that. Here, 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 here it is. It's that. Now, now listen, husbands, you know you've hit real, you've hit pay dirt when, when your wife or you know what? They love you enough, they want you to get that part. Are you listening to this? He's been in our home. He's been, he, he, he's, he knows what he's talking about. You need to get this. But, what, but let me just help every man here. You better not do the same thing. Josh, can I help you? Don't ever tap her. You getting this, you'll get it later. See, that's why. This cry was the full price of redemption. This cry was the cup that he had to taste. This cup was him paying for all of the sin. This cry was his love towards us sinners. See, the penalty of sin is death. The Bible says the wage of sin is death. So by the way, because we're sinners, somebody's got to die. Death has to be, sin has to be paid for. And the way that sin is paid for is by death. And I'm, listen to me now, that's why Jesus came. He bled and died and died for our sins. But by the way, if you don't accept his death, then you have to die for it. So the greatest news, the greatest story is, look, Jesus Christ loved you so much. He asked the question why. He knew why the Lord Jesus, the God the Father, had to forsake him. But as a human, he still cried that cry. And you know what? I'm going to answer the why for you. Why had God forsaken him? I'm going to tell you why. You. Me. So let's not let his sacrifice go to waste. I want to ask you a question this morning. Are you saved? Do you know the Lord Jesus Christ? Well, something happened today that's never happened here, and I'm not being ugly. I wanted so, so bad because someone walks in the door, but there was a man that came here looking for church, and here's what's amazing. He wasn't looking to come here. I've never had this happen before, but a man came here and asked me, of all people, where is the church of God? Now, I want you all to know something. I held very good restraint out there in the foyer because I wanted to preach to him right there. I wanted to say, no, you're in the right place. 
Listen, we are the church of God. We're a Baptist church. But I'm going to tell you something right now. If you stay today, you're going to hear how to be saved. And it's nothing that you can do. It's everything that Jesus has done. And you need to make sure you know Jesus Christ as your Savior. I didn't. You said, Pastor, I'm ashamed of you. Well, just wait a minute. First impressions mean a lot. And if I'd have ripped that guy and just said, hey, nobody, you need to be here, I would have sounded like I was, you know, like, oh, holier than thou and everything, and you're wrong. And so I'm glad other people in our church say, hey, but you need to stay. And I was glad she did it. But you know, it's a little different when someone like that does, and the preacher is like, they expect that from the preacher. But I think it's more powerful when they hear it from someone that ain't the preacher. Are y'all with me? But I say all that to say this. I don't know what other churches are preaching this morning, but I'm going to tell you all something right now. I just gave you the best news and the greatest truth you'll ever hear. And you know why? It's not mine. It ain't my words. This is God's word. And I'm telling you right now, Jesus Christ hung on that cross. He was put in a borrowed tomb. He raised from the dead on the third day that we might be saved. Our sin cost and it cost death. Jesus Christ paid it. And praise God, I hope you know Him as your personal Savior. Because if you know Him as your personal Savior, your sins have been forgiven through the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ. If you've never trusted Christ, then you're going to have to pay for it yourself. And you don't want to do that. Because there is a real literal place called hell. And that's where everyone that rejects Jesus Christ goes. Because you're going to pay for your sin the rest of your life and for all of eternity. But oh, Jesus Christ loved us so much, he became the way. I hope and pray you know him this morning. Can I say it like this and I'll close. Has anyone ever went to a buffet? And we like those buffets. Who was? I think it was Carter. He said, make sure you put your jogging pants on when you go into that buffet. You know, them stretchable. Them stretchable waistlines. Y'all, come on now. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You go go to them all-you-can-eat buffet. I think Jason Lonky put one up there about a Chinese buffet. He said, uh, buffet, uh, all-you-can-eat buffet, but it's not an all-day buffet. You eat, then leave. But we know what buffet, but I'm going to be honest, there's been many times, I'm going to be honest, I've walked up, I've went to a buffet, it's been a long time since I've been to a buffet, what does it matter if you can't taste the food? But you go to a buffet, and I've never walked into a buffet, and walk in there and say, now, here we go, Uh, I'm going to pay the price, and I'm going to be able to have everything on that buffet, and I, I pay the, and I say, someone comes up to me and say, hey pastor, let me pay for your price. Oh. No, 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 I'll get it. And sometimes I'll do that. But could you imagine if someone pays for me to eat at that buffet and then I just turn around and say, no, I'm not going to eat anything because you paid for it. That's the same way with salvation. When we, when we reject Jesus Christ, he's already paid for it. Why don't you just take the gift? Jesus Christ is the gift. You meet him by faith. If you need help with that today, we're going to give an invitation. You can come. We'll have someone take the Bible and show you right here from God's word how you can walk out of this building today and know Jesus Christ as your Savior. Would you stand to your feet with your head bowed and eyes closed? And would we just think about our lives just for a moment?
Would we just bow our head and close our eyes and only think about our life just a moment? Can I ask you a question? You be honest. How many of you are dealing with some whys right now? You're dealing with some whys. Would you be honest? You just slip up your hand? Yeah, all over the building. I pray you'll ask God to help you with those whys. When we look at this last while, the Lord Jesus Christ, he said, why hast thou forsaken me? We know why he did it for us. So as I close this morning, can I ask this question? You say, Pastor Mark, I'm here and I know 100% for sure that I know Jesus Christ is my Savior. I have no doubt about it. I don't deserve it. But there was a time that I trusted Christ as my Savior. You have no doubt about it. Way of testimony. Would you just slip up your hand and say, that's me. I know Jesus is my Savior. That is absolutely wonderful. Can I ask this question? No one's looking, just me. And I promise you, I'm not going to embarrass a soul here. I promise you. But you say, Pastor Mark, I'm going to be honest. I'm here this morning, and I don't know for sure if I die, I'm going to heaven. And I'm concerned about it. Would you just pray for me? Would you be honest? Would that be you this morning? Would you slip up your hand and say, Pastor Mark, that's me. I don't know for sure if I die, I'm going to heaven. Would you pray for me? Is there anyone like that? Anyone like that at all? Anyone? Bless you. We want to get somebody to talk with him. Can I ask this question this morning as we close? This is a young man on the bus. We're going to get someone to talk with him here in just a moment. How many of you know that the Lord has spoke to you about something today and something has been helpful? Would you just slip up your hand? You're not, not ashamed of that? Well, would you, as they begin to play, if you would like, would you come find a place around this place and pray? Maybe make your pew an altar, wherever it might be. You're, you're trying to figure out some whys of life. Can I just say this? I, I think one of the things, as I talked about church earlier, I'm going to tell you what, I believe everybody needs a home church. How many of y'all believe you ought to have a home church? Have a family? I think everybody ought to have, make sure they have three homes. They ought to have a good Christian home. They ought to have a, a good heavenly home. They know they're going to heaven. They ought to have a good church home. If you have any questions about the church, we'd love for you to ask us. We Pretty much what you see is what you get. How many of you are thankful that you belong to a, to a church family, a church home? You have a church home. Are you thankful for that? Why don't you thank the Lord for it? Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning. We thank you for your many blessings. We thank you for your goodness. And Lord, we come to you this morning understanding there's a lot of whys in our life that we don't understand. But Lord, we know we can trust you. And that's what we're going to do, even if we don't feel like it. So, Lord, we trust you for the outcome, and we'll thank you for what you do. We ask it in Jesus' name, and all God's people say it. Corey, you're an answer to prayer today, buddy. We've been looking for you. It's so good to see you. We're glad you're here. Yep, and so uh, bless you. God bless you. Have a great day. Tell two or three people you love them before you leave. Pray for Josh. He'll be preaching tonight. God bless you.